All right, this website again. Awesome. All right, we'll see what happens here. Uh, how you doing? Mm-hmm. You don't have classes on Friday, do you? No. Right. Come in right here. What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. Right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, welcome to a Friday edition of this uh, Nerd Thug Radio. Wacky and zany, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like the '90s cartoons. What is this? Yeah, we're doing we're doing, uh, we're doing radio cliches today. Understandable. Uh, via Anchor, we're recording this show during the uh, pandemic and using our social distancing. So, Little Blur Nico is coming to us via Anchor. Yeah, from my fortress of solitude. There you go. Um, I guess obviously the first thing we got to talk about. It's dominating the entire news cycle. Literally, every website I follow released a news statement about this last night. Um, the President of the United States and the First Lady have now tested positive for COVID-19. Um, obviously, let's start with this. You don't wish death and illness on anybody. Um, however, a 70-plus-year-old overweight man has a disease that targets the old and the weak. That's a very real possibility. Yeah. They, uh... <laughs> riveting take there, Nico. Uh... <laughs> They, uh, what am I supposed to say? I don't know. <laughs> the 10 second pause, yeah, was awesome. Uh, no, they, uh, they're they saying today that he's experiencing mild symptoms. Um, hopefully that's the way it goes. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, him catching it essentially tells the story or completes the story that seems to always follow... somebody when they seem to go on a crusade against something, you know what I mean? Like when the anti-gay pastor rolls into town and then like the final act, he gets caught being gay. Uh, It seems like Donald Trump catching COVID-19 was going to be the third act of this story to me, at least. Mm -hmm. Uh. Just the way he kind of has been downplaying this from the beginning, it just seemed like there was no other way for the story to go. So it's always it's always the uh, the, the bit of irony. Yeah, it just seems like it just seems like the light. Like it just feels very like if you're telling a traditional classic. Dickens, you know, Dickens, Charles Dickens era story. This is the way it ends. Right? Like if Edgar Allan Poe was telling you the story of Donald Trump, the third act, he would catch the the red plague at the party where they were all avoiding it. Um, Right. And to be very clear, it doesn't... uh, On Fox News, they keep airing clips of him wearing a mask. By all... Stories and accounts. Uh, actually, you know what? Remember how I told you I was watching Axios the other day? Mm-hmm. They uh, they were interviewing uh, Mike Pence, and it was around April, and they literally were asking him at that point. There was a there was a scare. Stephen Stephen Miller's wife, who is Mike Pence's PR lady. Uh, had had COVID in April. And so the whole White House had to get tested at that point, too. 
And then Stephen Miller obviously has direct access to the president. So, like, they were taking it very seriously at that point as well. Um, well, the, the reporter from Axios was talking to Mike Pence at that point, and he said, has it changed internally how you guys handle this? He said, I know behind the scenes Donald Trump is still shaking hands and stuff like that. Uh, and he said, well, you guys wear masks. And uh, Mike Pence was like, hey, some of us do wear masks. And, and the guy in the reporter said, yes, some of you do. But overall, the feeling in the White House is fewer masks than masks, basically. Mm-hmm. And Mike Pence at that point gave a very political answer of like, well, we'll follow whatever guidelines the White House medical physicians give us. And so the reporter was like, is that a yes or a no on the masks? And Mike Pence was like, we'll follow whatever guidelines were. So internally, it seems like they haven't been, while they have been testing nonstop, it doesn't seem like they've been doing anything else. Social distancing, masks, things of that nature. So it does seem like it's only a matter of time before they. Well, that, that's the whole point, right? The whole problem with it is that it doesn't, you don't test positive till you have it. And you have already had it for two weeks. Well, and that's, so one thing that did come up, uh, I noticed this story in a couple places. Hope Hicks, she tested positive. Uh, and Donald Trump and team still went to a massive fundraiser event mm-hmm. uh, the night they found out she tested positive and they likely had all been exposed to it. Um, so there's kind of that level of judgment, right? Where you, you need to you need to make some kind of decision about what whether or not you're going to follow the rules or guidelines or likelihoods. Like Hope, Hope Hicks was, is like a, like they deal with her nonstop apparently. So the idea that they weren't going to test positive was slim at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, I think going through the fundraiser probably wasn't a good idea. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Um, because you know everyone wants access to the president. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and this isn't the first time we've had a world leader come with, come down with COVID. No, the, the Brazilian one, he, he, he seems to have tested positive like four times at this point. Well, some people just have it longer. Um, I do know a co-worker of my mom's uh, tested positive for COVID, I think, 45 days in a row. Holy smokes. Yeah. Well, and they and they aggressively have been testing in the White House. I want to be really clear about that. The one guideline they have followed is testing. Um, and uh, apparently, so like the Barstool Sports guys, they did a uh, he did an interview with Trump during this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, they're using some sort of. Uh, like hurry test and within an hour they can tell if you have I guess it's probably an antibodies test honestly but it's within an hour that they can find out if you have it or not and so basically if you're doing stuff at the White House you go two hours early you get tested they approve you then you get your slot like for access mm-hmm. um, so all that being said I, I just I know there's a lot of conversation of people expecting like terrible things from the quote unquote left. Um, I'll be honest. There's probably not a lot of sympathy uh, in this story. There's probably plenty of people kind of smacking their lips loudly today. That's probably accurate. That's probably a real thing. Um, We here at Nerd Thug Radio are not wishing ill will on anybody. Uh, I do. I do hope he gets over it. Um, but him catching it just feels very appropriate for like the story of Donald Trump and COVID. Mm. 
it almost like like almost like there could be no other end other than him catching it. Right. Like from the beginning, you're just how many headlines have we seen over this year of people like anti-COVID or anti-masker catches? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's that's. I mean, it's hilariously true. And so I, I do. Th- I do think at some point someone was like, yeah, you're going to get it. <laughs> and I mean, like, when you follow, like, a third of the guidelines, it's like, I mean, you can only get by for so long. Right, right. and that's kind of the point, right? And uh, I, they were talking about this actually this morning on The Buzz, on the Rod Ryan show. Does this cause you to reevaluate what you're doing to not catch it? Because the reality is, listen, as much as he's downplayed it publicly, they were taking it seriously at the White House in the sense that they were aggressively testing. Um, and they were testing because, yeah, well, there's there's funny clips where, like, if Donald Trump even heard somebody in the room was dealing with sneezing or something, he just leaves the room. Oh, I love that clip. It's really funny. Was it Dr. Bird, he, right? Where she's like... It's like someone who, like, they sneeze, like, three or four times and he just walks out. Yeah. Well, Dr. Bird was was um, at the at the podium, and mm-hmm. she said that she was like, "Yeah, over the weekend I wasn't feeling very well, and I was sneezing a little bit, and I thought maybe, you know, we had something going on, but we got tested and we came back negative, so we didn't overreact." And Donald Trump just turns around and leaves the room. <laughs> like, he's, he's like, "I'm out of here. This ain't this ain't me, Chief." Yeah, he's at the side of the press conference. He's like woman's been sneezing no we don't we can't have that and he's like he just leaves he's like oh, no not interested and that's completely first of all if you're going to treat it like a threat that's probably what the president's supposed to do right like like we wouldn't yeah. leave him in a room with a stranger with a gun we'd be like oh the president needs to leave the room right now um so that that part is probably accurate in the sense that we probably should leave the room um but it is those clips are funny, but those that's the proof that he is aware of this and taking it seriously, at least on some level. Uh, it was just his own pride that was probably pre- preventing him from wearing a mask and social distancing. Which, like, Trump is a people person, and, and like, when you take his people away, he doesn't work as well. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's a that's probably pretty accurate, actually. And so, like, look, do I want him to die? No. Am I okay with him having caught it? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I feel like the way he's downplayed this, this story over time, it kind of only leads to this place. That being said, I hope he recovers. Um, I hope the everything goes on as scheduled, elections and debates and all of that. And I hope America makes their own choice in November. Um, sticking on the topic of voting, Governor Abbott made the, using finger quotes here, unusual decision to... Close the extra ballot drop boxes around Texas. Um, for those who don't know, uh, we were actually, my buddies and I were having a conversation about this during the debate because the debate was basically unwatchable. A friend, one of, uh, one of my buddies is, he's super conservative. And he basically was like, there's no security in mail-in voting. And one of our other buddies, he's moved out to Colorado, and he's lived in Colorado now for four years, three or four years now. And he said, actually, the system we have is pretty safe. And he goes on to explain that he had to request the mail-in ballot. There's a barcode to get it mailed. They had to verify the mailing address. There were a couple pieces of, like, personal information. They made them verify in order to get the mail-in ballot, et cetera, et cetera. And these these ballot drop boxes are basically designated strictly for ballots. They're secure. They're like almost like suggestion boxes, but a little more secure. And there's a person working them that takes your information and double verifies you are who you say you are when you bring it. 
Um, so these ballot drop boxes are essentially safe and easy. They, they make voting easier, okay? But they're still incredibly safe as far as securing identity and stuff like that. Um, by the end of the conversation, our conservative friend was like, okay, well, actually, it sounds like Colorado's got their got their stuff together. It sounds like mail-in voting can be done in an intelligent way. So uh, I'm going to stop complaining. And we all, and I also pointed out to him that at the last election, roughly 33 million ballots were mailed in between absentee and mail-in voting, which was about 25% of the ballots. Um, so essentially one of the main ingredients that makes mail-in voting possible are these ballot drop boxes. Well, now in the state of Texas, Governor Abbott has closed all of the extra ballot drop boxes. And now in every voting county, there's only the main one. So, for example, in Harris County, which serves how many people are in Harris County, Nico? 14 million? Like a million. Like a billion people. So, a ton of people. 1.4, 2 million, 3 million. I, I have, I'll stop my head without looking at something. I have no concept. It's a high number, though. There were 14 designated ballot drop boxes in Harris County. There's now one. Which is where? I don't know. You have to look that up. I don't know. I wish I knew before I started the story, but I, t- I didn't even think to look it up. So the reality is this restricts access to voting. <laughs> I mean, there's just no way around this, right? Yeah, I mean, if you don't trust anything, you can always vote in person. Correct. Correct. Well, listen, yes. However, there's a pandemic going on. The president of all people just caught this thing. It's, it, we, honesty needs to be applied here as we go. The truth is, there are people at risk who, should they catch it, could die. And mail-in voting is a reasonable alternative to voting as long as things like these ballot drop boxes safely exist. Without them, voting becomes a lot harder and a little a lot more dangerous for certain people. Um... I, 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 I'm trying to figure out the reason where it's a good idea, and, I, and I'm having trouble. I just think they want to cut down on any possible amount of, like, I think, I think what they're trying to avoid is confusion. I mean, well, the ballot drop boxes, though, again, there's a person working them who verifies your identity as you drop off your ballot. So the ballot that goes into the ballot that is to be counted is the ballot that has the name of the person bringing it. In other words, so like there's no, yeah, but that's the, that's the system in Colorado. It might not be the same. Thing. Uh, no, it, it, the ballot drop boxes also had, they had poll workers here too in Texas. Okay. So that part is still accurate. Um, I'm not sure I understand the. I, I'm not sure I understand the process other than other than the idea that it feels like Governor Abbott, which is kind of weird because he got in trouble. Here's why this story is weird to me. He extended early voting an extra week. And the Republicans actually shut him down on that and said he didn't have the ability to do it, and they took him to court, and I think the courts ruled against him. So it sounded like he was trying to give people access to be able to safely vote, which would go along with the idea of keeping the drop boxes open, not closing them. You know what I mean? Right. So... It's really just kind of that weird weird middle where all of a sudden now he's closed them after he was trying to give people the ability to vote longer. That makes it confusing, I suppose. Yeah. Or makes it feel a little more nefarious. That's my word, nefarious. Right. At least it's not as bad as other places where people are getting like 50 ballots to their house. 
Well, listen, it doesn't actually matter how many ballots you get to your house. It's how many you use. That's that's the well, it's, story it's, it's, that, that, I, that I read the other day that actually really frustrates me. Is somebody is suing uh, several counties because the voter registrations, um, like one town, there's more people vo- uh, registered to vote than there are people in the town. Well, that doesn't matter. That's not. Well, it does matter because that means those people won't get their ballots. Well, no, no. The reason it doesn't matter, though, is because for some states, it's like registration's automatic. So if you go for a driver's license, you're automatically registered. So even if you move, you're still registered in that county. Like you have to, if you vote, you have to go through the process of changing where you're registered. Um, or you get a mail-in ballot. Like the idea that registration somehow is an indicator of less voter security is is vastly inaccurate because registration doesn't reflect who's actually going to vote. I know that sounds weird because you have to be registered to vote to vote. But there's an extra step in the middle, which is you have to actually vote. And there's so many people who don't do that, even in states where they're automatically registered. Right. No, I know that. I understand that. But that doesn't change what I said. <laughs> it, just, it just is one of those things where, like, uh, if you remember two or three years ago here in Texas, they were like, oh, there's there's two million people registered to vote who are illegal uh, aliens. Or who are, uh, yeah, who aren't legal residents of the state. And it turns out, well, they registered to vote as they were going through the process of, of becoming legal aliens. And most of them have finalized the process and are totally legal to vote. But again, in the state of Texas, you can register to vote at any time simply by checking a box. But that doesn't actually make, that's not actually, registering to vote isn't the crime. Voting is the crime. Right. And so, like, <clears throat> it's kind of a meaningless, it's, I don't know, it's a meaningless stat in the sense that, like, that, that's not. Yeah, no, yes, not everyone who's registered vote. votes, that's, that's accurate. Not everyone who's in the United States registers. Right, exactly. Not everyone who's in the United States registers, not everyone who's registered votes. And so, you have to go off of who votes, not off of who's registered. Um. That's like there in Florida this year, felons will be able to vote for the first time. But then they instituted essentially a poll tax where they said, oh, well, if they have any open legal fees, they can't vote. Which has been declared illegal over and over and over again by the Supreme Courts. It's called a poll tax. It is illegal. Um, It becomes a civil rights issue. Uh, Mike Bloomberg actually uh, flew into Florida and started paying legal fees for felons so that they could vote. He was then sued by the state, and and essentially they're trying to argue that he's trying to buy votes. Um, I mean, that's pretty sketch. Not gonna lie, is it? I don't. Uh, to me, it sounds like charity. I don't know that it sounds sketchy. Like, well, it, it, the the only reason I say it sounds sketchy because it you know. It may not be on any official records, but he's saying, like, oh, I'll pay off your legal fees and you can vote, but you got to vote this way. Well, but that's very, that's, that's one, that's one extra step. That's not hard. It's not hard, but it's also, it would simply, it would be a trust thing. Like, again, there's, there'd be no way to know that anyone actually does it. No, and I, like, I understand that, but it's still available. You get someone like Mike Bloomberg coming down, and it's like, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, to me, it, again, to me, super sketch. Secret, because voting is secret, like there'd be zero way, like especially like a convicted felon. Like I know this sounds bad, but again, he'd be taking the word of convicted felons who he's literally doing something nice for. Mm. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a strong argument that they're definitely going to do what they promised to do. And what, and, and I get what you're saying is that, like, because he was on the Democratic ticket at one point, essentially he could be coming down and, and paying them to vote Democrat. Um, here's the truth. He was on the Democratic ticket for, like, an hour, and he might just hate them as much as anybody else. He spent almost a billion dollars and got nowhere. He spent almost a billion dollars. They almost let him into the, they almost let him into the debates, until, even though all he did was raise money. Right, until enough people were like... Oh, my bad. No, he didn't raise money. He just paid for it. 
Yeah, no, he didn't raise money. He wrote a check. Well, although, frankly, I would rather a candidate do that. Uh, fr- honestly, very honestly, I would rather a candidate just write a check. But I thought you couldn't do that. Um, I I there's, like, laws around, like, campaigning that has to be, like, part. most of it has to be donations or something like that. No, you personally can fund as much as you want. Anyone else can't. Gotcha. Anyone else, there's limit. The, the limits apply. The soft money limit, hard money limits, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's the weird law that has given the two party system essentially unlimited power. Because you can donate more to the party than you can to the person. Um, but no, like individually, most of these candidates are the largest single donor to their campaign. So I think Hillary Clinton four years ago started off with like a half a million dollar uh, check to her campaign. And then I think she, she personally owed her campaign like another $2 million by the end. Didn't work out too well for her. No, no, it didn't. But uh, I use that one as an example because there was a weird article about like, does she actually pay that debt? And a lot of times, it sounds bad, but a lot of times there's just people who just wind up going unpaid at the end when a campaign falls apart. Yeah, I think the same thing happened to uh, good old Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I I mean, and listen, I understand it. Like, the resources are there to try and win an election when the election isn't winnable. I'm sure there are people who are buying influence who then take their money somewhere else. Um, Or they buy three houses. You know, that's cool, too. You're really bitter about that, but honestly, that was going to happen no matter what. Like, you can't you can't say stuff like that and then buy three houses. Get a real job, Bernie Sanders. I'm mad at you now. But here's the thing, like, I do think I do think a lot of people didn't quite understand what he was actually saying about, quote unquote, socialism. He was never saying don't own three houses. He was saying if you're going to buy three houses, pay a large amount of taxes. Like pay a larger amount of taxes. And I, I, I don't I don't begrudge him the fact that when it was over and he was sitting on this pile of money that he did buy the three houses. Yeah, I, I kind of I sort of assumed I that's what he was going to do. Super begrudge him for it. You, you did, but you also were under the impression that he was going to get the nomination, which he was never going to get. The Democrats have only nominated centrists since the last 30, 40 years. And it's funny because they keep being called the liberal, crazy, like, weird left-leaning party. Um, They've only nominated, like, they don't nominate their crazy leftist people. But they're somehow the party of crazy leftists. Well, it's because they need their support, because they need their fervor. No one cares about old politicians. They don't need their support. Those people, they're not going anywhere else. Where are they going to go to the third party? They're going to vote green? No, but that's it's not like, like, it's not like anyone reality. really cares. I'm, I'm, Look, I'm if no one, I, I'm being cynical when I say that, but that is the truth. Like those people are going to vote two party because they want to see change, so they're not going anywhere anyway. So, like that's why the, that's why the Democrats nominate a centrist because they actually need the independent voters way more than they need the crazy far left voters. The far left voters are going to vote no matter what. It's the same thing with the far-right voters. Like, before Trump, Republicans typically nominated more centrist thinkers. Mitt Romney, Bush even. Like, people who were, like, very middle-ground Republicans would be the people nominated pre-Trump because, again, the far-right was going to vote with them anyway. Like, the KKK wasn't going to vote for Al Gore no matter what. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I mean, you're fair. You're right. (laughs) So, like, it didn't matter who the Republicans nominated. They had the KKK vote. You know know what's really kind of just telling about all this? Is that the extremists are the ones that vote, and normal people don't. Well, no, normal people are the independents. Normal people are the ones who don't decide until somehow this week, which I don't No, 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 like, I understand that, but I'm saying, like, 
like they're they're probably like their rates of voting to like population is probably way higher than like the average. Oh yes, it is, and they also they're the ones who are voting in the primaries. So like they, if you really really want to think about it and get really weird on it, they purposely pick against their most strong interests, and in a sense, to entice the quote unquote normal voter. In other words, the extremists pick a candidate that they think the normal voter wants to elect. Crazy. Isn't it? Like, if you really, really think about what a primary is, it's the people who care the most about an issue, about an issue, about a side, picking somebody that they think the middle wants to vote for. So weird. It's stupid. It's so stupid. The, the two-party system, the primary system, is incredibly dumb. Uh, but it is why you'll never get a Bernie Sanders. Birdie. Uh, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerds Like Radio coming your way. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeouts uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but the community has always relied on itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where, as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest-growing counties in all of America. Uh, Thank you very much, and stay safe, and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Okay. All right. You there? Yeah. 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 I guess. I don't know. Whatever happened, she got sick. I guess. No, that's They've been saying she's been sick for a while, so Dinah's gonna been helping her or something. Yeah. Right. Uh, we'll come in here at thirty and we'll wing it. Okay. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, be sure to check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, we're ramping up our social media efforts again, and that's going to be where all the magic happens. Uh, Nico, before we get too far into anything, why don't you go ahead and tell all of our friends about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open at full operating hours with table space available. Uh, You are required to wear a mask if you want to come on in. But if you want to be a little bit more safe, they still do have delivery and curbside available. Uh, They they now have events running again. So Monday, October 5th from 4 to 8 is Miniature Mondays. Uh, Come in, paint, paint, construct, and, uh, you know, ask for tips on your minis. Uh, and you can ask to borrow uh, store paints and supplies, too. Tuesday, October 6th at 6 p.m. is the Dragon Ball Super Collectible Card Game, a casual meetup where you can play uh, Dragon Ball Super with all your homies. Uh, I play that game. It's pretty fun. Wednesday, October 7th from 7.30 to 10.30 is the Adventure Begins Virtual Trivia free event. You can find them at twitch.tv slash the R&R Nerd at 7.30 Wednesday. Hop on in. Play some trivia. It'll be a great time. Uh, Saturday, October 10th from 6 to 10. It's hammer time. 
Warhammer and Tabletop Warhammer meetups are back, so you can come into the store, bring in all your Warhammer stuff, your 40k, your regular Warhammer, and just have a blast. And Saturday, October 10th, from 2 to 4, Pokemon and more. Pokemon, a casual meetup for players of all levels. Come in, play some Pokemon, have a great time. The adventure begins, comics, games, and more, right there on 1488. Yeah, uh, right there on 1488, right there in Conroe. Uh, they, um, they sell comic books, they got gaming, they have uh, gaming accessories and also toys. Uh, it's a great place to go and get your nerd on, statues and things like that. Uh, they have my books on a pool box there. We, I deal with them all the time. We love them. Uh, I have a great relationship with Bill. And, of course, they're one of the only stores in town where you can get my comic books. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, so you actually play the Dragon Ball, don't you? Yeah, it's kind of like well, the way I would describe it is kind of like almost like speed. It's like it, it's similar to Magic the Gathering, but like a little bit faster. Okay, I've lost Magic the Gathering games pretty quick, so now I'm intimidated. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends on what, what like, strategy, you know, they're, they do have the, you know, it's got the same kind of archetypes where it's like, oh, you know, this is a control deck and it kind of wants to stop you from doing what you're doing. And, like, those games will take longer. And then there's, like, the super fast decks where it's like, this thing's just trying to kill you as fast as humanly possible. That, I feel like, is the one that I played against every time. Yeah, I mean, if it works, if if it works, and usually those decks are pretty cheap. Uh, I played in a, a tournament recently, and that's exactly the deck I played. And uh, I mean, I lost one game, so <laughs> I definitely played. Um, I had a buddy who the card was banned, but we always just play with it anyway. And he had four black vices in his deck. Nice. Um, and so, like, just regularly when we would play Magic the Gathering, he was a very quick, aggressive player. There would be a lot of games where, like, by turn three, it's like six to 20 as far as live goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, okay, here we go. Let's get started. <laughs> now that we've finally gotten past the early game, I'm yeah. dead. Now let's rally. Um, it is kind of just a, just a, funny concept like magic the gathering can go fast um or go sideways fast i should say um so dungeon or so dragon ball z um mm-hmm. has a card game um there's been some announcements coming out of alliance this week alliance gaming has been hosting like their uh like retailer expo We're like hey these are the mm-hmm. things that are going to be coming out in the coming weeks, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. um, <coughs> Hasbro has signed a deal with, I forget the name of the company, but essentially they're the ones who do 5e conversions of like pop culture licenses. Okay. And they just signed a deal with Hasbro for. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5e conversions of Transformers, G.I. Joe, and My Little Pony. Transformers is going to be awesome. (laughs) So, the talk is now that you'll be eligible to play. I don't know about official. I don't know how any of that works. But that it's in the works now conversions for G.I. Joe. What's that? I'm assuming it'll be like a like uh, kind of what they did. I mean, it, it's more like like I know Stranger Things is more of like a license thing, but like similar to that, where like they get their own special book. Is there a Stranger Things book specifically? I think so. I, I don't know. I've never. I, I haven't. But I, yeah, but I don't know far. if the rule sets are the same because they they just play regular Dungeons and Dragons and Stranger Things. Yeah. So like, how do they do that? I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, did they like were they playing 5e in, in Stranger Things? I don't think they were because they were playing in the 80s, right? Yeah, they were playing the old version, so they would have been playing like the original version. So um, maybe it's that. I don't know. I haven't looked that deep into it. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know either. I do think it's fascinating. Um, 
I think it's it'd be really interesting if like if by five E compatible they mean that like you could be playing a game now where literally Optimus Prime shows up. <laughs> Here's Optimus Prime. Like just he's walking through the middle of Eberron, like doing his thing. And you're like, I'm a paladin. And he's like, cool, roll out. And you're like, uh, oh, okay. Transforms into a transforms into a cart and just kind of rolls away. <laughs> a donkey comes running up as he transforms. <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. Um, I certainly either that or like he becomes like half a robot horse and then like a cart. He, like he turns into cart and horse. Yeah. Oh, that. Would I mean, be, it could. That'd be it could also be like spell. his trailer or like, like the cart is his trailer. Right. When he's in truck mode. <laughs> I would. I would still respect it. I'd still be like, cool. All right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I um I watched on um the WB app the mm-hmm. uh they Freddie Prince Jr. and company including ex, uh WWE superstar Xavier Woods uh, sat down and played a old DC role playing game. Nice. From like the eighties, like they they had a guy kind of work on it and create like a modified modern dungeon like dungeon master situation, and he like tweaked mm-hmm. it so that it was playable, and then they had them play, and it was kind of it was cool, it was very cool. Um, I'm surprised there aren't more of those. Like I'm surprised there isn't a Marvel one. Yeah, and like maybe it's because like because of the Disney thing. Or the fact I didn't Mar didn't a Marvel one exist like a long time ago? Somebody was telling me there's been two versions, including one in the nineties. So I mean thirty years ago. Thirty years ago one did exist, is basically what I was told. And the one thirty years ago was written by Tracy Hickman, who the name doesn't mean much to many people, but she is the one who wrote the story of the companions from Dragonlance with Which her is friend. Like- Oh, which is my favorite story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's your thing. And her friend Margaret Wise is the co-writer of the companion story. But the origin of the companion story is they were in a group role playing together. And that was kind of, I don't know how much of what they role played was the plot or just how much that was the characters. And then they use those characters in the story. I don't know. Um, I've never researched it that deeply, uh, but like the characters come from them role playing for sure. Uh, the story in, amongst the companions, there's a wizard named Raselin who, during the trials to become a wizard, like suffered terribly, and mm-hmm. basically had had to turn to the help of a demon to pass the wizard trial so he I guess technically he's like a warlock now um and so like in times of extreme duress he he leans on a on a dark presence to help him um but so throughout the entire story he's kind of this like battered weakened character but can still do great magic but so he's always like whispering and he's very quiet because of it and then they mm-hmm. say that um they were doing an interview and they talk about like where that comes from is one game Everybody was kind of like just restless and wasn't really paying attention. And so to get people to focus, the person who was role-playing Raceland just started whispering. And so then everyone had to shut up and listen. <laughs> um, but so that, that helped create the character of Raceland Majir, the wizard, the like the broken wizard. And so like there's a lot of neat mm. things like that that make it into the story um, that come from the role-playing. That's why I think role-playing is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There was never a Marvel one. And like I would have liked to have played a Marvel one. Or even a superhero one in general. I don't know. I think there was one in like the, I think it's called GURP system. I'm not going to play something called that. Yeah, it was. It, it stood for something. It's an acronym, but I don't know what it means. Like it was like general. It's like 
It's like general universal role-playing system or something like that. Oh, yes. I do know what you're talking about. Um, there was like a whole brand of them, and they were like... I found a bunch of them at the, uh, the half-price books. I was really interested in picking them up, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. If you build a little story, we maybe you could dungeon master it. Maybe. I'm not that excited about it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if this archaic nineteen eighties book relic is gonna save us. Listen, I mean I'll try it. You know, it could be cool. Could be cool. I saw a book one time that really interested me and it was like a uh apocalyptic wasteland and there was like mutations and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's like I, I think there was like two or three of them. I think it was like a superhero one. There was like a spy one that was really interesting. Cause like different characters had like you could like make secret deals with other people and it was neat. Oh, there was a uh I was scheduled to play in an aliens game that was like that. You remember the movie Alien? Mm-hmm. And essentially the dungeon master gives you uh like a secret task that your player is dealing with because every player has their own little motivations and stuff. Uh, and uh, I wasn't able to scheduling didn't work out for me to play, but basically what happened is the character, the alien in the story only killed two of the five players. Mm-hmm. The remaining three players were actually betrayed by one of their own who was secretly working for the corporation to get the alien off site. Uh, so they all die. So, well, the one who the the one who was trying to sabotage everything well, apparently got away, but the other ones all died. Ooh, that's pretty pretty spooky. I like that. That's kind of a neat idea, right? Like, who wouldn't be excited about that? That's pretty cool. Uh, so the idea of like secret alliances kind of intrigues me too. That would be an interesting one. I would very much like to do, uh, I don't know, like even now, as I'm getting more into Dungeons and Dragons, in the game we're playing together, I'm playing a wizard. <sighs> and I yawn on the radio, because that's good radio. It's the first time I've played, a, it's the first time I've ever played a wizard. Um, and like, that's opening a lot of doors, because like the, the magic changes how you would play your character, and like, you have these big spells you can cast, but only so many opportunities to cast them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. It is interesting for sure. Um, I feel like it's a lot more management. Like, all I got to make sure is that we don't get into too many fights and I'll be okay. <laughs> right, right. It definitely requires a lot more like, hey, when do I blow these big spells? You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to lead with my top spell just to try and make a statement in a fight. Yeah, that worked out so well the last time I was there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a champion. <laughs> uh, I guess time-wise, we're pretty much up against it. Is that right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Before we get too far down any new paths or anything, I do think it'd be fun to do some sort of Marvel superheroes role-playing. Uh, also, WizKids announced... Uh, they're gonna do. They're gonna start doing larger scope uh, sculpts on the figures in Hero Clicks. Better detail, cool. better painting, better custom effects, more more detail as well. It will raise the price of the boosters. Um, a brick yeah. will now go from basically a hundred to one hundred and fifty. I'm curious what uh, that does to the future of Hero Clicks. Yeah, because essentially the pieces are about to get more expensive simply for aesthetic reasons. Yeah, but it makes collecting them a lot more fun. You know, it's it's pretty irritating when you know you have a set and four of the figures are literally identical with different, maybe a slight paint variation, if that. Or the Ellie's they release are just different dials, but the exact same click like character. Right. Yeah, and if it's if it's like honestly, if if something also like. You know, even if I don't play Hero Clicks, at least they make really cool display pieces. No, I definitely, when I had my store, sold to an older gentleman who came in there every once in a while who just had them on his desk at work. Because they... my mom like specifically seals some of them to have on her desk. 
<laughs> so that is that is a, in a very accurate thing. Like that does happen. Um. All right, guys. We'll go ahead and uh, thank everybody for listening on this Friday afternoon. Best of luck to everyone. Have a great weekend. Uh, obviously, we wish health and happiness to everybody. On behalf of little brother Nico and myself, and all the adventure begins, comics, games, and more. Same nerd thug time, same nerd thug channel. Uh, thanks for tuning in this weekend. We'll we'll be back on Monday at two p.m. And uh, make sure to wash your hands. We'll stay safe. Keep your social distancing. Uh, fight the power. Black Lives Matter. Thanks, guys. Everyone, take care. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conroe, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community, so takeouts, uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>